welcome to the second episode of Your Time on the Run, the hunted podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Halmstone, and joining me as always is the Australian who's practical but not very successful, Michelle Pierce Denovan. <gasps> I don't agree. And my fellow Brit, whose fashion sense is so horrific when he appears on TV that even a colorblind person like me winces when they see him, Anthony Williams. Good evening, good evening. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Michael. I'm here with my cup of coffee. I'm all ready. It is the wrong shade, but I think I'll be able to muddle through. And we return to Hunted in the same fashion that we started last week with the exact same pre-credit scene. Yeah, I I actually did have to check that I was watching the right episode. <laughs> I was a little bit worried. <laughs> I did think they'd cocked up because we saw the drone scene yet again. And I'm going to guess we're going to see it next week even though Anna and Elizabeth aren't even in the next episode, but it's Anna thinks. Yeah, I think they're basically just going to keep showing it as until it actually happens. Yeah. I think they're pretty excited about their drawing. Next week is, by the look of things, the week where they start ramping it up with dogs. Both of the uh, press releases for Thursday's episode, or Thursday Cummings' episode, uh, feature the fact that, ooh, we get, we get sniffer dogs. Scary. So, previously on Hunted... Uh, Kirk and Jez headed to Blackpool, courtesy of Karen Cameron, a wife of one of their friends. They get spotted in a restaurant and left outside a back exit, leading to a disused retail unit. Which led into the Mexican standoff at the beginning of this week's episode for all of about 30 seconds before Mr. Basra drove them away. Yep, ferried in the back of a van. So yeah, the hunters lose Kirk and Jez as the manager of the restaurant drives them and their accomplices out of the unit in a van. Can I just say, in Australia, we don't have that many black vans. They're all white. So it just seemed, I don't know, it seemed a bit like movie-ish to have a black van driving out. Yeah, um, I don't think I'd ever actually seen a van like that with just a small window. It did look like a prison van of some description. It did look a bit odd for a restaurant van, like no branding or anything. A bit strange, but hey... I don't think it was a setup because people love saying that Hunted is a setup in every single way, shape, and form. But it certainly was a bit weird. Yeah, sl- slightly odd. And also that um, the restaurant was supposedly really busy at the time, yet the owner can just jump in a van and drive away. Yeah, unless there was a bit of timing that we weren't aware of. Yeah, they could well have been. They could have been hiding out for a little while. Like... Because the, the hunters had no way of actually getting into the retail unit. No, uh, no, only through the restaurant, which, as we know, um, wasn't wasn't as easy as uh, everybody on the internet in the world ever thinks it should have been. Well, yeah, it should have been. It should have been very, very easy to get in, but, you know, everyone in the restaurant was blocking them. Yep. So eventually they do get away, and uh, of all places, they stow away for a few minutes, at least, at um, Blackpool Model Village. Yeah, it's only about two miles away from the restaurant. Yeah, it is. I know Blackpool very well. It's uh, it's in Stanley Park, so yeah, probably mm, 10-minute drive. You are actually going to Mr. Bazaar's, aren't you? I am going to Mr. Bazaar's in December this year. I'm very much looking forward to it. You need to sit in the same sort of booth. <laughs> yeah, I am going to try and get a table somewhere near that, just, just so I can get the same kind of shot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they got dropped off about two miles away, and then their accomplice, Karen Cameron, rings a friend to come and pick them up and stay at their house. And again, only, only a few miles away, Fleetwood, not that far from Blackpool at all, really. I know Fleetwood very well, because my uh, grandparents used to have a caravan there. 
didn't seem to make an awful lot of effort to get that far away, given that they kind of knew the gig was up. It seemed a bit of a weak move to get a contact who'd already been involved with them to then call a friend of a friend. Surely you're going to spot, well, we, as we find out later in the episode, they realise that that's their blunder. Yeah. How did they not twig that, oh, maybe they're monitoring the phones? Because that was the first thing they did last season, is just get everyone's phone numbers and monitor the living shit out of them. Yeah, and given they got tracked down to Blackpool, which they got there by ringing somebody, it would seem not that difficult to figure out that they were probably tracing their phone calls. But hey, who are we? We are just armchair observers. Yeah. I mean, she could have just given them the number, and they could have used a public phone very easily. Why use her phone again? And that probably would have worked, actually, because that contact they went to, Michelle, was actually on Facebook this week and uh, revealed another secret rule that I don't know if we know about, which is that the fugitives have to give a list of 20 contacts to the hunters before the season begins, and she wasn't on that list. She'd never met Jezel Kirk until they turned up. 20 contacts. That's ridiculous. I'd just give them people from around the world, not in Australia. (laughs) I give them yours. Random people. Yeah, we ju- we just get a message of of Michelle saying, "Bloody hell, I'm going on hunted Australia. Can we? Can I give you your own number?" I wouldn't even ask. I just give it to them. <laughs> How can this be hunted? They've got so many rules now. Fine, okay, they have to move every so many days, but to give them a list of contacts, okay, they're not really special MI5 whatever people because they have so much help. They may as well just be ordinary citizens like us. And this is why only Anthony out of all the Warriors has my mobile number. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are in the same country, aren't you? Yeah, it's a safety choice. (laughs) (laughs) It's knowing what you're like, Michelle, and going, no, I'm not giving her my number. So... HQ request ANPR for the van and cell site hits from their accomplices and get absolutely nothing. And they're dropped off at the model village. And then, for some reason, we just cut away to everyone else going, don't forget, there's uh, another eight fugitives on the run. Yeah, that, that was a little bit random, wasn't it? Like, did they think we'd forgotten? I like the fact that they're making more of an effort this year to remind us of where everyone is and doing it chronologically rather than sort of half arsing it. It is certainly easier to track what's going on because they're kind of going to people at the same day as each other, aren't they? So a lot of this um, this episode centred around sort of days 9 to 11, I think, something like that. So on that respect, it's better. But yeah, it just seemed a bit random to cut away and then um, not really get into anyone else's story. I think it slightly helps that they're introducing something new every episode, like we had the um, the public appeals this time. We've got the dogs. I'm assuming the next sort of the next two introductions are probably going to be drones and helicopters. I think that's probably a reason why they're doing it. As a sort of nerd of this sort of thing, I'm very happy that they are actually doing it more chronologically. Yes, yeah, I totally agree. Bit easier to follow. Definitely. At least they went through everyone at the beginning of the show and went through what they were doing and sort of not where they were, but they touched on everybody except. Um, I, I don't recall them doing Lorna. No, no, they um, they went straight into Nick, which was marvellous. I, I love the fact that we can just go and see what Nick's doing and it has no relevance on the hunt whatsoever and it's still fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just brilliant. We saw a tiny bit of Lolly when they were talking about people dobbing them in and there was a little appearance by Lolly then because someone rang up about her. 
But that was about all we saw. I will say that she is down as being in the next episode, so we're going to see a lot more of her. So what do you think that means, that we've seen nothing of her and then we're going to get a featured episode? Do you think it's going to be uh, a bit of a flame-out, she's going she's gonna to come on strong and then that's it, we're going to just see her get captured in one episode? I'm not sure, because with Hamish and Michaela, who, spoilers, got caught this week, we sort of had a sense of what they were up to last week, even though they weren't featured in the episode. Mm. Whereas we really don't know what Lolly's plans are yet. This was the first episode where she was actually called Lolly rather than Lorna. Mm-hmm. But we really haven't had a sense of what she's up to just yet. No, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I don't know. I mean, the featured people next week is Nick, Lolly, and Madhu and Aya. So, following the rules of last year, one of them is going to get caught. Mm. I'm not sure who just yet. No, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing her. I think um, she's going to bring a lot of fun and obviously a dog mask, which is all good. If we were educating this, she would probably be the only under the radar at the moment. Yes, definitely. So we find out that Nick is apparently practical but not very successful and he can't make coffee to save his life. Um, and Io and Madhu have a wide network of accomplices and associates, which makes it very hard for uh, the hunters to, tra- to track them down. I would have liked to have seen more of their Welsh friend. I really liked her. <laughs> oh, Madhu, long, long time no see. You've put weight on. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we see a bit of her next week. I really hope so. She's great. We we need more of these incidental characters because they're all brilliant. We got a lot of great characters this episode, though. I mean, Anna and Elizabeth's Scottish. I definitely won't dub you in. <laughs> We'll give you £500. Okay, I'll dob them in. Oh, my God, I know. No, Catherine, how could you? She was wonderful. And some deck from the depot. I love doing that accent. Uh, <laughs> you should be accurate, though, Michael. It was a prat from the warehouse. I thought it was a deck from the depot. <laughs> That's better. That would have been a better line, but he was actually some prat from the warehouse. I had a question for you, too, I wrote down. Would you dob them in? No. For 500 quid, hell yeah. I would just... Say to the hunters, you do your job. Exactly. This is what the story's about. You go get them. If you think Uh, you're so good at this, go and find them. Actually, I'll make a correction there. I would negotiate with the team. (laughs) For how much? Yeah, say, how much would you like to give? If you win, how much prize money would you like to give me? (laughs) If it is less than the hunters offer me, I'm sorry, I'm dobbing you in. Interesting. No, I, w- I would definitely not help the hunters under any circumstances. That's not the game, is it? They're supposed to be hunting them, not relying on me telling them where people are. No, screw them. Screw the hunters. Totally the same. Actually, it also depends how annoying the person who I would be ferrying would be. If they were really irritating, then hell yeah. Yeah, that might be a different thing. It would depend if I actually knew them or not, and if I liked them. Hmm. It, it, it's sort of the barman theory with uh, with Hamish and Michaela. Yeah, I did like that. It, it was, it was uh, yeah, it started out with, oh, 250 quid for a phone call, and then almost immediately, and they're not really my kind of people. Uh, yeah, it was more that they weren't your kind of people, wasn't it, mate? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't rule out dubbing someone in. Mm, I don't know. I'd like to think my moral stance is higher than uh, than my empty wallet, but who knows? Same, same. <laughs> you can ask for forgiveness later. Yeah, I mean, well, while we're talking about hypothetical 500 quid, definitely no. But a real 500 quid, I don't know. That might be a little mm-hmm. bit different. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get the rise and fall of Hamish and Michaela. 
who I'm not sure if anyone's going to be able to beat in the rest of the series. They're awesome. I don't think anyone's going to be able to beat them, no matter how many seasons they do of this. They were just incredible. I mean, if you're going to go on a show and have a bit of fun, then that's the way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, they they were definitely one-episode wonders, but they were just a blaze of glory. Yeah, they, they, there's just something special about those two. I, I would I would love to have seen them in more, but I, I don't know whether it would have worked. I think it's it's perfect that they have one episode of everything crammed into one because it, it might not have worked over a few episodes. And, and certainly looking at the reaction to them on social media, I'm, I'm not sure uh, ours is a universal opinion in loving them. Really? Everyone hated them? I haven't looked at all at the uh, the Facebook or anything, deliberately. Yeah, the, the Facebook's interesting. Um, yeah, the, the, the general opinion is that they, they, how dare they not take it seriously? But it's a load of fun, and they obviously didn't need the money. Well, yeah, exactly. They, they had like 11 days of... Uh... Life on the run is, is kind of like a continuum of a night out. Which <laughs> <laughs> was brilliant. God, it, it looked like it. <laughs> yeah, and why not? Yeah, they were just having so, so much fun. That's what I want to see. Uh, so, the stuff we learn about Hamish and Michaela, the Hunters don't originally know that they are friends, which is great for them, mm. but, but then they quickly work it out. And then we just casually find out she has a love child. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was definitely a love child. It was one night of wonderful passion. Everyone was salsering, so we salsered off into the moonlight. Did you say they have a child together? Did I miss that? No, no, no. no. Uh, she has a love child with someone who I'm assuming she doesn't know. Yeah, that was certainly inferred, wasn't it? Some Someone she met at a jazz festival. Yeah, and <laughs> salsered a lot with. Yes, salsered off into the moonlight. What a, what a, that's got to be the most romantic euphemism I've ever heard for a one-night stand. And she went to public school, and her plan is to use the network of alumni to house them basically for 28 days which actually i think if you're going to use contacts that's not that's not a bad way to do it because we're going back quite a long way so you're not going to see immediate contacts with her and if they couldn't find that many links on facebook they're not going to find them any other way i think that's quite a smart move to myself yeah Yeah. for the love of god anyone who goes unhunted make your facebook private yes (laughs) because it's so unbelievably obvious can they get into that It'd be harder for them. I think they probably would still be able to use some trickery, but it'd be a lot harder for them. Well, I know I used to. I know they keep updating Facebook, and I used to have my whole friends list hidden. Yeah. Um, Whether I still do now, I don't know. I haven't rechecked it. But um, I think you can still hide your friends list, and it only shows you mutual friends, I think. Okay. Mm. So one of the ground teams gets dispatched to... Blackpool to search for Karen Cameron's car and Karen's phone, which has been monitored, rings Michelle Vance, her friend who Kirk and Jess have never met and they go stay out at her house. Yeah, almost immediately after saying they've got to up their game, which just seems even more ironic because, you know what, getting someone who's already been tracked to call someone really is not upping your game. Although I did notice that um, just before that uh, I think it was Hunter Michelle had resorted to the age-old way of tracking people down where they're hidden, which is just driving around saying, Come out, come out, wherever you are. Which surprisingly didn't work. So, 
Obviously, the hunters very quickly work out the link and dispatch two sets of ground teams to Michelle's house. And right at the last second, Kirk and Jess change their plans and leave in Michelle's car. And surprisingly, the hunters catch up to them very quickly. Very quickly. Although, um, I'm not sure how long that chase was, but it looked like the service area they pulled into was a fair old distance from Fleetwood. It looked like somewhere on the M6. So they were probably just following each other for a while before Jez and Kurt thought, do you know what, screw this, let's just pull in and get caught. Yeah, there was a... um, One of the ground teams was like eight minutes away from Karen's house and then went, oh shit, they've just gone past us. And that's... That was the team who caught up and um, had the wonderful exchange with Kirk and Jez of, come on, give up now. I suggest you fuck off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because, like, what are they going to do? They're not allowed to break the law, so what is it going to be a low-speed chase? Yeah, that looked like a very narrow road for them to be pulling alongside on. It did. It did look a little bit hazardous. Yeah. I am wondering on the the interesting legality on that, actually. Mm, are the hunters allowed to drive dangerously like that? Yeah, because they were driving dangerously. It didn't it looked to me in my humble, having failed five times on my driving test and now finally passed. In my humble opinion, it looked it looked like the sort of road you can't overtake on. It, did, it certainly didn't look like the road where it was safe to drive parallel with someone. It was a single lane road, wasn't it? So they were on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, it was, it was a single carriageway. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was a solid white line in the middle, and. What sort of waiver do you reckon that Michelle would have had to sign when she was thinking of housing Kirk and Jess? Why? Would it... Well, the the fact of the matter is that the Hunters very quickly had all of her information. Mm-hmm. So I wonder whether she had to basically submit all of her information as well and have that be available to the Hunters for when they found it. Yeah, yeah, I presume so. Yeah, I presume as soon as you're part of the show, then you become like a named associate, and so you have to let them into your private life. She did mention on Facebook, um, you know, we talked last week about hunting hours. It looks like hunting hours are 8 until 8, and then from 8 p.m. till 8 a.m., they have to stay where they are. Interesting. And you know who my favourite recurring character who we don't see of the hunters very often? It's the guy who is obviously about 30, but looks like an intern. Oh, the guy with glasses? Yeah, the guy who always wears a white shirt. He's probably about 30, but he looks about 18. And I just, I laugh whenever he's on the screen because I just think he must be work experience or something. He definitely got one of my favourite lines this week when he had the... Fucking got them today, haven't we? (laughs) I was just thinking, you're you're trying to get a permanent job here and you're swearing. That's not very professional. Go back to making the coffees or (laughs) or doing the photographing. (laughs) But hey, at, at last, Jez and Kirk got nabbed. I was wondering how long after leaving Mr. Bazarose that actually was. It didn't seem that long, to be honest. So I think the cliffhanger last week, it could have been done in one episode. This is a bit like the, uh, are they going to complete a task before the ad break? And then three seconds afterwards, yeah, they do. It felt a bit like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It felt like a sort of afterthought leading into the rest of the episode where it's like, let's have public campaigns. But we still got this loose end to tie up from last week because we wanted to do an hour and a quarter and wanted to actually discuss everyone. Yeah. The golden question, though, do you think Kirk and Jez gave up? Yes, I I think they did. Um, I think pretty much as soon as they got to Fleetwood, they realised what they'd done. They knew they were onto them. Um, And then the last bit, really, I mean, where are they going to go? They've got the hunters in pursuit. They can't break the law. You know, what do they do? Drive up and down the M6 until one of them runs out of fuel? They've got to pull up at some point, haven't they? And uh, they might as well give it up. Were there any country roads that could have taken out of there without cameras, though? 
Blackpool isn't very remote. No, neither is Fleetwood. Although, yeah, you could probably come inland and, and find some little villages, but they were so close to them. And if you, if you can't speed and you've got someone on your tail, it's not even as if they're, they're at that stage they're trying to stay hidden or anything. They're, they're in pursuit. They're not under surveillance. So what are they going to do? Eventually they're going to have to give up, aren't they? You'd have to probably come more my way if you wanted to get more remote. When you start sort of heading about 30 miles away from Blackpool, you get to places like Rosendale. You could probably hide in there because, you know, civilization hasn't reached Rosendale yet. Went to school there, I can say that. But yeah, that, that's sort of more of the small towns that you'd get to. You'd have to go a fair distance there. You wouldn't be able to just sneak out of the hunter's sight for a while. No, and bear in mind that they're being driven by civilian, aren't they? And they're being pursued yeah. by you know, presumably advanced drivers. So once you're inside of the hunters and you're both in vehicles, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, one of them, I can't remember which one, it was It was pretty sad. He said that he used to be an A type of person like the hunters and now he isn't. If losing a, a limb, I don't know whether that changes you into a different kind of person. I think if you're an A type of person, I don't think that should affect who you are if you lose a limb. Physically as well. Yeah, psychologically though, you're going to, obviously, not speaking from experience here, psychologically I'd assume you'd sort of think, hmm, could I have done something more to not lose the limb? I'm more reliant on other people now because I can't grab things or whatever. It would sort of change your psyche at least a little bit. Even if it is just psychological, you know, it didn't look like there was an awful lot those guys weren't capable of doing, but I guess it would be playing on your mind a lot. Yeah. Having said that, some very wise person did say that they would be caught quite quickly. Oh, wait, that was me. Well, at least one of us got something right then this week, because we didn't get anything else right, did we? As with the Amazing Grace podcast, I am going to be quite gloaty when I guess who did get caught quite quickly. And I, I said that Kirk and Jez would be quite an obvious target because they are technically limbless veterans, so they're going to be, they're not going to get past a public campaign, are they? Because you're not really going to see a pair of veterans walking around being sneaky. No, that is true. Although it wasn't that that got them in the end. It was just them um, giving the game away by using known, known associates too much. It was a bit of a shame. At least we got um, at least we got Kirk's eating out tip before he went. I don't recommend eating in a restaurant while on the run. If only he'd remembered that before he ate in a restaurant when he was on the run, he might have been mm. all right. Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk, hey? <laughs> So, in the second part of the episode, the Hunters launch a public campaign on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, the video of which I did see when it was filming, offering £250 to any member of the public who provides them with information leading to the location and capture of any of the fugitives. Then we fly back to Anna and Elizabeth, who are staying in a company depot on the outskirts of Perth in Scotland, awaiting a lift further north. And Anna used to apparently be a doormat and is doing hunting to prove to herself and others that she can. Yeah, which I thought was a quite a good moment. I, th I think those two are doing really, really well. Um, they've covered a hell of a distance. They've gone all the way to Cornwall and then all the way back up to the north of Scotland. That's oh. that's a fair old jaunt when, you, when you're hitchhiking especially. That's going some. And also, they've learned their lesson from the truck stops. Yes, yes, they're being a little bit more cautious now, which is good. Not pointing any fingers, Kirk and Jez, but they've learned their lessons. And literally a second after... Anna and Elizabeth leave in Catherine's car. One of the guys from the depot rings the hunters and tips them off, basically. 
Oh, God. Tells them the sort of car and her mobile number, which is wonderful. <laughs> if they were under pressure, you know, if they'd have found the depot and gone in and put the guys under pressure, then give them up. But straight away calling out. I mean, oh. I know she said don't put anything on Facebook, but I'm guessing she also meant, oh, and by the way, guys, don't phone the hotline. <laughs> and they wouldn't have got anything from it because they weren't caught from that bit of tip off. Nope. No, they weren't, which um, which is good. What, would Catherine have got anything? I don't think so, because they weren't caught straight away. They actually escaped. Yeah, they did. I think if they'd have caught them anywhere between Kirkton of Glen Isle and the Fourth Bridge, then yeah. Yeah. So someone else from the depot rings Catherine to warn her, and using the phone number provided, the hunters also ring Catherine and say, can we have a chat at a random McDonald's? Why not? So the hunters try emotional blackmail with Catherine and offer her £500 for information. And despite saying like five minutes earlier in the episode that she would never grass up Anna and Elizabeth, she does it anyway. That didn't take much. Nope. Didn't do that. They buried her in the edit. (laughs) She looked like she was going to get a really good showing, didn't she? She looked like a really helpful um, accomplice and she was really positive. And then... Oh, was that a huge fall from grace. But the best thing is, they tried such emotional blackmail of, oh, we're just worried about their safety. And then go, "Mm, that's not working. 500 quid? Yeah, go on then. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have children? Oh, I was like, I would be like, yeah, I do have children. I want them to win. So Anna and Elizabeth escape back across the Falls Road Bridge to England. When they left uh, Kirkton of Glen Isle, they were in a white Audi. And then the next shot of them at the fourth bridge, they're in a white BMW, Ooh. which apparently, according to people on Facebook, is a massive continuity error, apart from the fact that those two locations are 63 miles apart. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm thinking it's entirely possible that somewhere on the route they got out of the Audi, had a really boring hanging around a service area, got into a BMW, and the story continues. But apparently it's it's terrible that they didn't make that really clear because apparently yeah. if if they don't explicitly say it, then it must be fake. Everything is fake. It's all fake. There is no hunted. Uh, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all filmed on the back lot of Elstree. I also think Anna and Elizabeth might have blown any chances they had of getting a sponsorship deal with Visit Scotland. She never come to fucking Scotland. What a fucking shitty idea. Which is brilliant. So now... The fall of our stars. So Hamish and Michaela. The water skink. Water skink. <laughs> Hamish what is and Michaela. <laughs> <laughs> a topic that I never thought would come up. Yeah, one one team decides to just put aside being hunted and fucking water ski. <laughs> it's like it was like an amazing race task. All of a sudden, they're water skiing. <laughs> It, it was it was absolutely brilliant, but I love the way that it linked back to right at the beginning where they were talking to the schoolmaster and he was like, oh, yeah, anybody with water skiing? Well, we're especially interested with people with uh, jets, horses, water ski boats. <laughs> Definitely water skiing. Sounds fab. And then they actually go water skiing. I would imagine that they would be so much fun to have a pint with. I know I don't drink, oh. but... They would just be fun to be around, I suspect. I also suspect your not drinking might not last long if you spent an evening with those guys. <laughs> I'd get spikes. The whole sequence with Hamish and Michaela was just brilliant. Of all the things to find yourself doing while you're on the run, water skiing would not have been top of my list, but boy, does it work. 
I tell you what, if you had an amazing race over there, they would be like my first pick to be honest. Oh, definitely. <laughs> if we had an amazing race over here, I would be like first pick of producing it. I would a hundred percent throw my hat in the ring. <laughs> so we'd we'd have Hamish and Michaela on Amazing Race, but um, I reckon Jez was making a bid to get on Coach Trip. Did you hear that, Beth? I didn't know. <laughs> it's never a last tour. You've always got another tour in you. So I think he's planning to go on a coach trip with Brendan next year. So uh, the hunters get tips on their tip line about Iro Madu, Lolly and Nick. Yeah, and apparently Nick's at a tank museum. Yeah, but like seriously. thought that we saw Nick um, at the tank museum. <laughs> now if that was any other fugitive, you'd be like, yeah right, like they're going to be in a tank museum. But do you know what, you with know Nick... What? <laughs> Nick could well be in the tank museum. The, the very best line of that for me was uh, the hunter's response of, well, he did say he was very drunk at the time. He said he was very, very drunk. He, yes. he sort of remembered it slightly. Yes, he was very, very drunk. <laughs> he was just off his face. I wasn't sure if they meant the person phoning in or the person they'd seen, but I'm guessing it was the tipster. Yeah. <laughs> Why would he be in the tank museum? Why wouldn't Nick be in the tank museum? No, no, tip off if he's totally drunk. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Why? Why is there someone drunk in a tank museum? <laughs> I mean, if the tip off was about Hamish and Michaela, I could kind of understand it if they were rat assed but Nick maybe less so. So Michaela apparently can't sleep rough, so they beg and plead a barman at a pub called the Canal Inn to let them stay the night. She just seems to get pretty desperate around about 7.30, 8 o'clock to find herself a nice big bed and a bottle of champagne. <laughs> and the barman responds by saying, yes, of course, and then ringing the tip line and getting 250 quid off them. Yeah, I'm not impressed with that barman. I, I did have to Google the pub just to make sure it wasn't one of ours before I started uh, laying into him. It's not. Although I did find out some interesting information about that pub. It, it's, in, it's in a place called uh, Penzi, the only pub in Britain that is endorsed by Camera, who the campaign for Real Ale, yep. SETI, the search for extraterrestrial <laughs> intelligence, and the Rolling Stones. Right. Which is, you know, pretty good collection. Um, you know, as, as pubs go, that's that's a good why, endorsement. Why SETI? Like, how many pubs do they endorse? Apparently, it's a, the pub's famous for doing crop circle visits. Right. So I'm guessing they're trying to establish some sort of link with that. I had a quick look at the pub's Facebook page, and um, someone wrote a... Uh, post yesterday, which I thought was brilliant. So, Henry Charteris, if you're listening, <laughs> Henry Charteris says, won't be going there if the bar staff are grasses and cannot be trusted to look after paying customers. Hope Judas enjoys the £250 that the hunted program promised him. Suggest the owners call it severance and replace him with someone trustworthy. It was a bit of an odd edit. I'm not sure whether it was the barman who was actually talking to them or not who grassed them up. No, it didn't sound like it, because the, the guy on the phone sounded like he had an Irish accent, yeah. and I didn't notice that from the guy who was talking to them. So my my guess is that he um, probably just got a bit annoyed that he wasn't in the shoot. Probably. They probably told him to stay out of the way while they were filming, and then he thought, oh, screw you, then I'll, I'll phone it in. Yeah. So um, a ground team gets dispatched to the pub the next morning, and McKayla and Hamish sit outside, happy as Larry. Yeah, having a good old cup of tea and a chin mug in the morning, as rightfully they should after a good night's rest. 
And after our discussion last week about how big the cameras are, did you notice the camera that was filming their capture? Yes, uh, full-size one. It was indeed yes. a full-sized one. It was huge. Yeah, oh. and and also, um, hashtag geek alert, when I was looking at the sequence with um, the Audi and the BMW, I was looking at it frame by frame to see if you could check whether the drivers were the same. I actually caught a reflection of the camera guy with Anna and Elizabeth and also full-size camera. Nerd. Really? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It wasn't intentional, but yeah, full-size camera on his shoulder. That's quite confusing then, because... Mm. Do the hunters have to pretend they've not seen it? I guess so. They're not going to be randomly in the same location, are they? So by the time they've got to the point where they can see the camera person, they've done the hard work anyway, haven't they? Yeah. So the hunters let the tyres down on the car that Hamish and Kayla are trying to escape in. I love that bit. I just thought, how British is that? Stop or I'll let down your tyres. I can't wait to see what CBS do with that. We're going to have fugitives tasered. I'm pretty sure of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so, in a result that shocks nobody, Hamish and Kayla become the second team caught, bringing us down to six fugitives left on the run. And then the best scene of maybe the entirety of Hunted ever. <laughs> when we saw in the preview that someone jumped in the canal, I naively assumed it was to evade capture. No, it's Michaela deciding to jump in the canal after she's been captured. All that yes, scene what needed. Did she think? All that scene needed was a Roadrunner-style um, running noise. No, Benny Hill. Benny Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she takes off from the hunter and just jumps in the canal for funsies. Please don't jump in the canal! She's jumped in the canal. And then when she got in the bus, she seemed to be really dry. Her hair yeah. was dry. So they must have hung around quite a bit because she had time to pick a, a flower as well. She well, flower in the bus. <laughs> they, they probably were waiting quite a while for the generic van to turn up to cart them away, because it was the same van that captured Kirk and Jez as well. So next time, there are ghillie suits, drones, Lolly, Nick, Ayo, Maddo, and the first dogs are unleashed. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see the drones and dogs. I can't wait to see someone shit themselves when they realise there's German Shepherd chasing them. <laughs> yes. They're going to think they're on the wrong reality show. It's going to be quite an invasion of privacy, because I'm assuming whoever gets chased by the dogs, they will probably raid their homes for an item of clothing that smells like them. Yeah, they may well do, yeah, so it's got the scent. Yeah, they could well do. But, hey, it's in the rules, isn't it? They have to hand over pretty much everything if the hunters ask for it. If you've washed your clothes, can the dogs still work on that? If watching old movies is anything to be relied on, just walking through a river will wash off your scent. I think there's probably a small bit of your scent probably. still left. So who, if anyone, do we think is getting caught next week? Mm. Although I would hate to see it, it does feel like Anna and Elizabeth are starting to run out of options if they're just going to keep going up and down the country. Uh, but I would love to see them get to the end at this stage. That you know They've made it almost halfway, so I don't want to see them get captured. It would seem the most likely, given that we've had a lot of story from them mm. so far, and it feels like they kind of round out the stories before people get caught, as opposed yeah. to Lolly, who we know absolutely nothing about. Nick has just been so far there for his comedic moments, brilliant as they are, and we know know very little about the bin liner boys my suspicion from knowing the three teams that are in the next episode or the three sets of fugitives i should say is that it's out of the three Ion and madu are probably the most likely to get caught just because we know a little bit more about them 
Mm-hmm. Mm. That would make sense. Whereas all we've seen of Nick is that he was hiding in some sort of shrubbery and making weak coffee. Yeah, and he's made, and he's made it all the way from Birmingham to Hales Owen yeah. in 10 days. <laughs> but that adheres to the theory that I said last week of maybe you don't need to go too far because if Milk Street is going to be the rendezvous point, Nick's going to be in the best place to get there. That is very true. He hasn't got far to go back. And we've not seen much at all of Lolly, so I think she's probably quite safe unless, you know, we see a shit ton of her next week. Yeah, if we see a lot of Lolly, I think it could be a dramatic one episode. If not, I think it's great. And if we don't see Anna and Elizabeth get caught next week, I'm going to call that they make it to the end. Yeah, I think that they are our, our equivalents of the, the girls who split up last year. Yeah, Emily and Lauren. Yeah, because there was lots of content of them all the way through. They appeared in every episode, I think. And we're getting quite a bit more backstory. We're getting to hear why they're on the run. We've met their parents. It feels to me like unless something dramatic is going to happen next week, then we're going to see probably relatively quiet from them for a couple of episodes, and they'll make it to the rendezvous, which will be awesome. But um, they've not contacted anyone. No, that is true, and they they will have to at some point. So, is there anything else to say about this week's episode? Yes. I got the feeling this week that the uh, the hunters were kind of phoning it in a little bit. I don't give a toss. Screw the hunters. <laughs> this episode felt to me a lot more like last series. Last week sort of felt a little bit, not phoned in, but it felt a little bit like they were pulling back slightly. Whereas this week felt like pure hunted. It did, although I think episode one this year was a bit more like a traditional first episode, wasn't it? Where it was lots of, here are the people, here's the setup, this is what's going on, which I think they had to do because they went a little bit more game with it. Whereas the first episode of the first season, they were still in the look at how much surveillance there is in Britain and all the rest of it. It was still like it was almost a a serious thing. So Mm. I wonder how how they would be able to evolve hunted get if it got like six seven years because they wouldn't be able to keep it in the uk i think they would probably have to fly them international yeah so that they didn't have everybody knowing what was going on yeah Mm. i'd I'd love to see them just get instead of having to start in birmingham's milk street having to start somewhere in like latvia or something and deal with a language barrier that could be interesting (laughs) so i guess it's time to start promoing things because, Shot Gaspara, there's another two podcasts coming this week. So, in no particular order, at some time during the middle of the week, there will be the Amazing Race Asia preview. Yay! We're bringing Logan out of cryogenic storage again <laughs> for our 11th Amazing Race season covers. 11. And this will be our 10th preview. Yay. And adding another new show to the repertoire... Anthony and I will be back next weekend at some point for The Apprentice. You guys really don't have enough to do already. I know. And when I was in London in February, I did indeed walk down that bridge and I did do the Dance of the Nights. So thank you for listening to this Hunted podcast. You can join us next Sunday for more Hunted recaps. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter accounts, RTV Warriors, or our own Twitter pages, MJ Harmstone for me. Bear. For Michelle. And Bulls Boy. Or Anthony. And with that, your time in the run is over. Celebrate! Time's coming! Woo-woo! And we also think they may have had a bit too much to drink last night. The champagne lifestyle has uh, led to our downfall. (laughs) 